Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Here is the question. The question that Jesus is asking us, uh, a question that I ask you, are you wise or are you foolish? I'm asking what is the foundation of your life? I'm not asking your preferences or your interests. I'm asking something which is foundational. What is your life built on? Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. Do you think that every choice we make is just a matter of preference? The reality is that some choices are wise and others foolish. Today on The Verdict, we're concluding our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount by learning the difference between being wise and being foolish based on the words of Jesus. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Today we're coming to the conclusion of the brilliant teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Here is the question which is being asked. Are you wise or are you foolish? What is the foundation of your life? Jesus is explaining that how you apply truth is absolutely crucial. There is a difference, a profound difference, between those who profess to be saved and those who truly possess eternal life. It's the difference between knowing about the way of salvation versus personally experiencing salvation in your life. To make the point, Jesus tells the simple parable of two men. Both build houses, but the difference is the foundation. One builds on rock and the other on sand. So listen carefully to this important message. At the end, I'm calling for a verdict. Matthew 7 is our scripture today. Verses 24 through 29. Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Isn't that a brilliant story that Jesus told? A few words. In the parable, there is a Comparison, there is a contrast and a conclusion. In a comparison, we compare similarities. In a contrast, we contrast differences. So first, a comparison. Secondly, a contrast. And third, the conclusion. First, the comparison. Two men are compared. In the parable, both men build a house. What's the point in the parable? Both men hear the same words of Jesus. This is so important. These men go through the same experience. Both build homes. Both experience storms. Rain, wind, and floods come to both houses. That's the comparison. Contrast. Two men are contrasted. What's the contrast? The contrast of the foundations. Verse 24, one man built his house on the rock. When Luke records the parable in Luke 6, verse 48, he says that one man dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. 
So one man builds his house on the rock. Verse 26, there's another man who builds a similar house, but he's building his house on the sand. Now, outwardly, I think the buildings would have looked almost similar. But of course, there was a fundamental difference. The foundation. Think of the contrast between these two men. One is wise and one is foolish. The man who built his house on the rock, the man who had a foundation, the man who dug deep was a wise man. On the other hand, the man who didn't dig deeply, who didn't lay his foundation, in fact, think of the folly of it, he built his house on sand. Here's the contrast, says Jesus, one is wise and the other is foolish. Outwardly, they appear the same. I can imagine the two men sitting on that mountain as they listen to the teaching of Jesus. And I can, I can picture the, the foolish man as he listened to the teaching of Jesus, even nodding, and perhaps he even shouted, Amen, Lord. I agree with that. Good teaching. It was all outward. It was to impress others. What was the difference? Look at verse 24. Everyone then, here's the point, please get it. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The wise man, the wise woman, the wise boy, the, the, the wise student builds a life on a foundation on the rock. You say, what does that mean? I, I want to be wise. Here it is. You not only hear the word, but you do it. Wonderful to hear the teaching of Jesus. Wonderful to come to church and sit and listen to the preaching and teaching of the Bible. Wonderful to zoom in at six o'clock this evening to your life group and, and discuss the Bible. That, that's wonderful, but the question is, are you doing it? Are you obedient? Here is how the Apostle John puts it in 1 John 2, verses 4 through 6. Whoever says, I know him. I think most of us here would say, I know Jesus Christ. I think most of us here would profess to be Christians. Most, certainly not all listening by live stream would say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. All right, says John, here it is. 1 John 2, 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And throughout John's epistle, he's saying, you say this, you say this, you say this. But what difference? How can you say you love God and then live as you like? How can you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ and then willfully and persistently disobey God? How is it you say that you're following Jesus Christ when the reality is, when you, we examine your life, you're really following the world, you're following your own sinful desires, you're just living as if you weren't a believer, but you say you know God. Back to the parable, what's the point? To hear 
and not to obey is foolishness. To hear and to verbally say, I know that, I believe that, but not to obey is foolishness. And if you do that, my dear friend, you're building your life on sand. The foolish man, as I say, he hears the same word as the wise man. He agrees with the teaching. He's part of the community of faith, but there is no personal application to his life. He doesn't put what he hears into practice. The Word of God makes no real difference in his life. He is superficial. He's shallow. He has no foundation. He's a fool, Jesus is saying. James speaks about this of those who should be not only hearers of the Word, but doers. Remember he says, if you don't know, you're, you're like the man who looks in the mirror and you, there's some dirt in your face and you say, oh, I've got a dirty face, but you, you leave and you don't deal with the dirt. That, that is self-deception. Says James, don't do that. In the Christian community, there are those who observe, who speak well and who sing well and who even open the Word of God to others, but are ultimately foolish. The wise man does the will of my Father in heaven. What about your family? Is there, is there depth to you? Earlier this week, Gunny was speaking uh, about a friend of hers, and someday I, I don't know very well, and I, I said to Gunny, well, what kind of person is such and such? And uh, Gunny said, I think you'd like her, John. She has depth, depth. And I thought, that, that is good, isn't it? We'd all like to think that we had depth, that there was something about us that wasn't hollow, that wasn't superficial. No, we're, we're, we're not walking encyclopedias of the Word of God. We should all know our Bibles better. That is true, but good news saying this woman, her life has a foundation. The foolish man hears the Word of God, mentally agrees, doesn't do it. He continues a sinful Lifestyle, And so Jesus says to him in verse 23, these are words of Jesus, not mine. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. It's not, I repeat, that the foolish man openly rejects Jesus. It's not that the foolish man is hostile to Jesus. His mistake, and it's a momentous, momental mistake, and it is in a sense a fatal mistake, is that he hears but does not obey. That has implications for his life and has certainly implications for his eternal destiny. The comparison, the contrast, the conclusion. Well, for houses, for individuals, all of us, the time of testing inevitably comes. The flood, the wind, the rain, the storm batters both houses. We get at it here in North Carolina, don't we? We have storms that batter our houses. The house built on the firm foundation. The house built on the rock stands firm. When exposed to the same flood, the same wind, the same ro uh, rain, the house built on sand, what happens to it? Verse 27, it fell, says Jesus, and great was the fall of it. Totally collapsed. Don't blame the storm. Storms come to all of us. Problem wasn't the storm. 
The problem was the lack of foundation. You see, the storms of life, the wind, the rain and the floods that come into our lives and into our marriages, into our homes, and into our relationships, and our businesses, and our churches. These things that inevitably come into every single life, they expose whether or not our lives are built on rock or sand. The storms test, don't they, the foundation of our life. When things are going well, it's, it's easy. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Ah, the real test, though, is how do you stand in the storm? You see, the fact that this parable concludes the Sermon on the Mount shows its importance. You can say you're a follower of Jesus. You can profess Jesus. You can sing the hymns. You can read the Scriptures. You can answer the biblical questions. But the question still remains, and Jesus won't allow us to, to fudge this question have you personally applied the Word of God to your life? Do you truly know God through Jesus Christ? Your lips praise God. Your heart is disobedient, hard, hypocritical, self-righteous, whatever it is. Because those saved by the grace of God do the will of our Father who is in heaven. You say, John, but we're not saved by our works, are we? No, absolutely not. There's not. Don't confuse the situation. No, we're not saved by our works. Far from it. How could we do anything to atone for our own sin? If you've got any understanding of your own sinfulness, your own deceitfulness, your own waywardness, you realize that there is nothing you can do to atone for your own sin, to to get rid of the sin. No, the stain is too deep. You need God's grace. You need God's mercy. It is entirely based on the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. But here is the point. A point we don't like to hear is this. Ah, but there is a hollow faith. There is a false faith. There is a faith which does not produce works. Listen to Paul. We love Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, but we sometimes ignore verse 10. Let me read them to you. Wonderful verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Paul is making it very, very clear. He's a preacher of the pure grace of God that you cannot be saved by what you do. You are not saved by your religious sacrifices and your religious rituals and going through the farms and trying to change your life. No, it's entirely a work, a supernatural work of God revealed through our Lord Jesus Christ who paid the price for our sins, was buried and rose again. And the gospel is, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. That's what Paul is saying. For by grace we are saved through faith. No, faith doesn't save us. Our faith is the instrument. Faith is the outstretched arm. God says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And we come. That's faith. But notice verse 10. Paul says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
are wonderful, that now I am a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm indwelled by the Holy Spirit, my life has changed, and now I am going to do good works. There's going to be a difference. Not because I'm saved, not to save myself, not as a condition of my salvation, but as a consequence. A new creation in Christ. James warns us about this hollow faith, this foolish faith. James 2 verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, I believe, I believe, but he's a foolish man. He doesn't have works. There's no evidence. It's all in his mouth. He answers the questions in the Bible study. He ticks the box. But when it comes right down to it, his life is not built on Jesus Christ. I asked the question, I asked at the beginning, is there evidence in your life that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? In your home, in, in the way you speak, in the, in the way you relate to others, in the way you do business, in the, in the way that you talk to your wife, in the way you handle your resources, is, is there a difference? Has Jesus Christ made a difference? Or do you just put on your Christianity uh, as I put on uh, my suit when I come to Calvary Church and, and then I go home, I take it off and I, get, I, I live my own life? Is that what it is? If there, if there is, there's a dreadful possibility that you, my friend, are building your life on sand. You're hearing the word, but you're not doing it. The one who hears my word, says Jesus, and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Storms hit us, don't they? They hit us as a nation. They hit us as families. They hit us as churches. They hit us as individuals. I ask you, what do you do in the storms of life? You know the hymn. It goes like this, listen to it. When darkness veils his lovely face. What happens in a storm? It gets dark. Yesterday, goodness said to me, it's getting dark. What was happening? The clouds were coming. Couldn't see the sun. The storm comes, you look up and you say, where's God? This is not what I expected. Has God forsaken me? What's happened? When darkness veils his lovely face, what do we do? I rest, listen to it, on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking. That's it. That's it. That's what I've learned to do, to stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Everything else around us can be shaking. Our very future, we wonder what's going to happen. A storm unexpected has blown into your personal life or your family life or your business or the church or whatever it is. And what are we to do? To panic, to have fear? Yes, if you're the foolish man, you've got no foundation. You don't know what to do. If you're wise, in the grace of God, your life is built on the solid rock. And I know this. I don't know the future. 
I don't know about the stock market. I don't know about your personal circumstances. I don't know God's plans other than he's revealed in scripture, but I know this, I know God. I know his unchanging grace, and I rest on God's faithfulness. God will never, ever let me down. I rest on his sovereignty. God is in control. Why am I panicking? My life is committed to God. He's holding me. We sometimes sing, he will hold me fast in the storms. Why are you panicking? Why are you full, full of anxiety? This is my foundation, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Why? Because my life is committed to Jesus Christ and God's grace. He saved me. He cleansed me from my sin. He filled me with his spirit. I'm not a perfect person, far from it, but my life is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And that is the unchanging and the unchangeable rock of ages. And I will never, ever be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Can you say that? That's my personal testimony. Is it yours? A testimony not of what John Monroe has done, but what my Lord Jesus Christ has done. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I ask you to do it. Cry out to him for his mercy for his salvation, for his grace. And he will forgive all of your sins and fill you with your spirit. And for those of you who are authentic followers of Jesus Christ, make sure day by day in your life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your home, in your business, certainly in the church, that all we do is centered on Jesus Christ that he's not on the periphery of our life. He's not on the circumference. He's not just someone we cry to in an emergency, but he is with us each day as the very center and foundation of our life. Don't be foolish. Don't just hear. Be a wise woman. Be a wise boy. Build your life on Jesus Christ. All other ground is sinking sand. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a message titled, The Wise and the Foolish. To revisit or share this message with a friend, just go to our website at theverdict.org. Before we get to John's closing remarks, I'd like to tell you about the special free resource we're offering to go along with our study in Matthew. It's a booklet from John that will take you deeper into the key lessons we've been studying from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This booklet is titled Life in the Kingdom, and you can request your free copy today by going online to theverdict.org. And as we look ahead to all that God has in store for this Bible teaching ministry, we want to invite you to be a part of this gospel work. With your financial gift of any amount, you'll be supporting our efforts to bring the truth of God's Word into new communities across the globe. To make a one-time gift today or set up a recurring donation every month, just go online to theverdict.org or set up your donation over the phone by calling 833-551-2231. You can also send a check in the mail by writing to The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, 
Charlotte, North Carolina 28226. And no matter what your schedule looks like or where you go, you can always take these messages with you by subscribing to The Verdict Podcast through your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? Are you wise or foolish? You may well understand the teaching of Jesus, believe that He is the Son of God who came to die for your sins on the cross and rise again. But have you personally received Him? Don't just hear about it. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Well, today ends our study of the Sermon on the Mount. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we begin looking at the Ten Commandments. You might wonder, do they still apply? I hope you'll join me. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.